Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Lincoln, Lancaster County. This is Monday, June 13th. And I am the host, Jack Riggins. Johnny Cadillac is producing the show. Voice is a little scratchy from my vacation as I was uh, laughing hysterically and hooting and hollering and generally having a good time. But it's good to be back. I missed everybody. I missed talking about the issues or researching them. And uh, it is Monday. I will be here all week. Should be a normal flow. Excited to have City Councilman Richard McGinnis on tomorrow as there is some business going on in the city council uh tonight actually right now i believe and uh wednesday we'll have a whatever wednesday and my good friend matt anderson from the branch oak observatory will be in to showcase their next event because i thoroughly enjoy talking with him and doing that and so we'll just see what the week gives us we've already got a caller which is great called before the show came on um i'm happy to have callers on the rick sign recognition hotline 402-479-1400 oh and the text line which i respond to a bunch if you sent me a bunch of emails over my vacation the email system's a little goofy right now here at klin so i might not get back to it Nonetheless, text line's always open. Uh, Things on my mind. Um, It's something before I left, I talked a little bit about um, knowing, obviously, that the advertisement for the January 6th primetime hearings, which have now moved to uh, regular daytime, um, and the fact of kind of the hoopla behind it with a major producer and all this, that... It totally appears to me that now we have not just competing large media factions pushing political ideals, et cetera, et cetera, but now we have media content wars um, with January 6th, obviously uh, representing a more uh, left liberal approach to it. And and in all honesty, you know, the ones that I have talked about, 2,000 Mules, uh, about... Uh, Ballot trafficking and uh, harvesting, as well as uh, Rigged, which is the movie about Zuckerbucks. And uh, the new one that I haven't talked a lot about, which is What is a Woman, which uh, is also done. And so now it kind of reminded me, as I've watched, obviously January 6th hearing is not done yet, but I've watched the other three and I'm keeping tabs on the January 6th, that it's kind of like the first time I personally remember seeing something like this was when Al Gore had his show about climate change. And I mean, I got to be honest, I can't remember if I was in college or uh, just new into the Navy, but I mean, it was a great production. And the things he talked about and the way it was presented, I mean, it made you at least stop and go, hmm. And then as time goes on and, and we start to see these content wars, you know, go back and forth, uh there's that gentleman. I think he's out of Detroit. I can't even think of him. He's a rather large dude, portly, I would say, with glasses. Michael, uh, Michael, can you help me out, Johnny? Do you know who I'm talking about? You're probably too young to know this guy. But, I mean, he's a huge Democratic guy, and he just slams conservatives. He always had movies. Um, that would be another one. And I know it's terrible. I should know it. But, obviously, 
if I knew who he was, I'd probably believe what he... Yeah, no, I'm feeling the same way. I'm well, like, fine. It's some I, caller, I give us know. his name. <laughs> we could look it up, but hey, I don't, I don't have my fingers on the keyboard right now. Anyway, but here we are again. And hey, listen, I mean, the content's good. I personally believe 2,000 Mules makes a very compelling case in, in how they um, put essentially their left and right limits on what they would research using geotracking and um, CC tapes, you know, to do that, as well as rigged. I mean, we've essentially gone over and over Zuckerberg's here in Lincoln. Uh, our Secretary of State, Governor, has supported, hey, we need outside money out of the state. Um, we've talked about that. Uh, laws have got made uh, to make that happen. Yes, Michael Moore, thank you. Richard, Debbie, I think <laughs> Paul Webb, but thank you for saving the commander on that one. You're right, Michael Moore. That's exactly who it was. That's what I was thinking, too. I just Oh, the, you were thinking that. No, no, the last that. name slipped my mind, but when, when I saw Debbie's text and I said... Yep, that's exactly who it is. Yeah. Well, so here, you know, and then what is a woman is also very good. Unfortunately, you have to pay a fee to the Daily Wire to watch it. But I've thought, hey, why not? Um, I want to see what this is about. Um, But they're all kind of that same, I hate to say it, genre. And so not only do we have it every day on TV, depending on how much we want to watch and who we want to watch, but then we have to decipher these other things. And so my point is, the January 6th hearings, even though they're done by politicians, are, in my mind, just the same thing. And that's sad. That's very sad. And I'll talk about some different thoughts on that as we go through the show. Um, (laughs) Without a doubt. I want to come back to um, LGBTQIA Pride. I've never had so much interaction via Facebook, Twitter, uh, emails on what I discussed with Werner Park, which is roughly, hey, it's Werner Park and the business enterprise, and if they want to do that, go ahead and do that. People, if you don't want your young people exposed to that, then just don't go. I don't see why that's like highly controversial. And then I went on vacation and I saw more um, national things with pride parades and events and, you know, people were losing their minds over, look at this woman with her little kid. Don't go. If that's your neighbor and you have a problem with it, then just go up to the woman and say, I think it's inappropriate that you're exposing your young son or daughter to this. But other than that, I mean, people do all kinds of weird things on this planet. And you as a free citizen get to choose whether you go or not. So with regard to that, I would love for somebody to explain that to me. Now, it's different if we're talking changing laws. We're going to talk about the fairness ordinance. It's different if we're talking about where taxpayers' money goes. But I don't know how this can create such a fervor of fear or anger when it's a private organization putting an event together that you don't have to go to. It is not the job of, say, Werner Park or New York City uh, parade organizers to keep you entertained. I mean, they're providing a product. You decide if you want to go or not. I, I don't see why America is up in arms or why everybody in Lincoln, Lancaster County is, you know, we're going to ban you, Commander, because, you know, you're not 
what, throwing the cross and asking for an exorcism? I mean, I, I just, I don't engage. I mean, I don't agree with it. That's pretty clear. And so I just, it's not something I do. I mean, I don't know why the rest of us can't just say, hey, yeah, I, I'm not going to expose my children to that or, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about school systems publicly paid and we're, say, we're paying, like I've seen some other school systems, to bring in uh, people talking about those type things, you know, um, on the far, I think, fringe of the LGBTQ community, well, that's a different subject, right? I mean, you know, again, our taxpayers' dollars. So, you know, maybe that's on your mind. One of the things while I was gone I was excited about um, was... Uh, the police chief finally, or right as I got to leave, finally had a press conference and talked about the Manning issue. And I think that's good. Now, I'm not going to sit here today, probably later in the week, and talk about the specifics. Um, but they acknowledged it. Okay, they acknowledged that they're having a Manning issue. And I look at that as a good step in the right direction. Because we've been talking about it on this show for about a year and a half uh, we've pulled experts, we've pulled numbers, we've talked to a lot of officers, and it's just something I believe strongly in, not just for the health and welfare of the force, but for the safety and security of everybody in Lincoln and Lancaster County. And I think that, you know, that turn really started to gain steam after the riots, and it's nice to see LPD and essentially the mayor um, acknowledging that. Now, of course, you know, we've got to get a plan in action, and, you know, Take take action, which leads me to, and we'll break it down later in the week, you know, the mayor has put out a proposed budget, and, I mean, there's a lot of good points in there. Like I said, I'll do a show this week specifically on these two topics, uh, but again, I mean, you know, one of the headlines is funding for five additional officers and three civilian employees to help free up uniform officers. Well, I believe, and I'll get my facts straight, but I believe last year it was the addition of five officers. So the police chief talked about being 40 down and we did five last year. We're going to do five this year plus three. I mean, you still have to get those hired. So there's different wordsmithing here. What I'm reading is, you know, 40 were below is the end strength. I think I've already proven as well as many other experts that our authorized end strength is well below what we actually need to police and have law and order in this town. But nonetheless, let's use that we're 40 short. Well, let's assume they filled the five last year. Well, you had more retirements. I mean, we're going to get five and eight sometime maybe next year. Um, We haven't put a dent in it. So it's good. We've admitted it. We know we have an issue. And now we've got to take real action. I'm not sure that the proposed budget, and I certainly haven't seen a plan from the police chief to fix that yet. So, we have a fun week. I like these things. Um, Johnny, how was it with uh, Doug in here and and everything? Did he hold the fort down? Oh, very much so. He he always appreciates coming in here. He always appreciates being able to fill in and... Um, you know, and I, I, he listens to the show when he's not here, so he hears you sing his praise, and I remind him, you know, just how great his interviews are, too. And he, uh, had some very good interviews on, last week. Uh, one of which I think top of our list was the new LPS superintendent. And, uh, very good interview. I think it was his first, like, real public appearance, at least in Lincoln, since accepting the role. And it, his position hasn't started yet, but it's a good, insightful interview, I really thought. Yeah, I thought that was a great uh, get, if you will, and, and 
in disc jockey speak <laughs> or radio personality speak. Um, because as I recall, you know, as we were going through that hiring process, uh, we had a lot of passionate parents and citizens and, um, and somebody had known, uh, Mr. Rasmussen, uh, I believe that's his name. Excuse me. If it's not, um, just getting off my game, but I think it is, um, totally, totally might've botched that bottom line is the new LPS superintendent. Let's go with that. You know, went to the university of Nebraska was up in Sioux city. I get that part. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we want to have a good relationship, uh, with LPS and, and students, but we're also very critical at times on this show. And so it's good to, uh, get him in here. And obviously he knows he's coming into not just a hotly, um, Oh, eyeballed, you know, school district, but it's nationally, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's being watched. Parents are engaged and, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of things going on over the next couple of years. Um, Dr. Gosman. Yeah. Gosman. Did I say Rasmussen? Yeah. That's because I got a Rasmussen poll. We're going to talk about, <laughs> maybe we should talk about that Rasmussen poll right now. Let's do that. <laughs> so this is an interesting run. Okay. Full disclosure, who is Rasmussen? Where'd you get the poll, Jack? Well, it, fair. It's an American conservative polling company founded in 2003, okay? It engages in political commentary in the collection of publication and distribution of public opinion. So it's a polling agency. And like many polling agencies, right, this one leans conservative. So there you go. But nonetheless, I found it interesting in their most recent poll, talking about uh, midterm issues. And let's start with what they call U.S., United States legacy media top term midterm issues, right? So what the media is pumping into our brains all the time. Abortions rights, 63%. Capital riot investigation, 59%. COVID-19, 57%. Climate change, 54%. LGBTQ issues, 42%. Ukraine, right? The question was, which do you consider more important to our America's national entrance, defending Ukrainians or defending the southern border? And that was 36 on defending, you know, helping Ukraine defend and 53%. Okay, so those are the top six, essentially, issues that the media is pumping out. And you might say, geez, it doesn't affect me that much. I thought we were done with COVID. Yeah, well, the top voter... That's you and me. That's everyday man and woman. Midterm issues. Inflation. 87% concerned. Election integrity. 83% concerned. Violent crime. 83% concerned. All three of those are right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Makes sense to me. Rising gas prices. 82%. That's right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Illegal immigration. 77%. Right, that affects the whole state as well as the nation and school issues. Seventy-six percent concerned. <laughs> All right, what's the point of that? The point of that, the point of me driving that home once again, in case you missed it, posted on my Twitter feed, is that even the mainstream media on both sides has issues. I get that I'm a media person. Quasi. I'm a talk show host, an opinion commentary on the news. Local, national, international, whatever. Here's the difference. I don't have a producing staff. I don't have a long thought sheet that is spoon-fed to me by maybe people that are sponsoring my show. Right? My pillow. No. I'm me, Jack Riggins, 
You know my history. You can meet me on the street. My kids go to school with your kids. I'm in this community. I am simply taking the information and I am talking about it from my opinion. Okay. And I am not and am very clear when I am saying, well, I believe in this because of this, right? That seems very clear to me. All six of those things are in my community, and I care about them. I care about them greatly for the health and welfare of myself, my wife and kids, and my family members, and all my friends. Okay? Election integrity? We've been on that. We're doing something in our community about it. Violent crime? We just talked a little bit about that. We're getting some acknowledgement that things aren't quite right with our police department, and we're going to try to fix that. Eh? Inflation, rising gas prices, those are national. Legal immigration, national but here. And school issues. I mean, folks, who doesn't care about those right now? Really? Are we going to vote come the midterms with abortion drives, capital riot, COVID, climate change, LBG? Why? But that's what's being pushed to us, and it's wrong. But that's how the game's played. 1,499.3-KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3-KLIN. All right, we're back on a Monday. I am still Jack Riggins, host of Drive Time Lincoln, and we'll be here all week. Uh, Keys to the city today, Monday, June 13th. The business is Slim Chickens. The keyword is Pine Lake. KLIN Keys to the City brought to you by Lincoln Mattress and Furniture. I know Johnny's on the line. Johnny, you're going to have to hold on. We'll get to you at the beginning of the second segment. Look forward to that. Always do. We're going to talk a little bit about some comparisons between uh, BLM riots across the nation and January 6th. Uh, Just based on Twitter posts I saw. Just trying to put content out there of how we think through things. um, Explain my thoughts. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about the special election um, and really reference way back, I think it was early last week, Gary talking about kind of done with the conservative party. And I want to give him some numbers on um, what has really happened with the conservative party numbers wise over the last year in Lincoln and why maybe Gary should think about uh, reaching back out. Because I don't think that conservative party, based on my uh, blog post, nor what I know about it over the last year, is the same one you may have experienced over the last couple of years here in Lincoln. Um, Looking forward as the week goes on, I'm going to dig into the mayor's budget and the LPD manning issue to try to make sense of where it might merge up together. I'm really excited because, you know, I have been disappointed at times with city council, but I'm excited right now. They should be working on the fairness ordinance as I understand it. Um, and uh, looking to a vote to rescind uh, both of them, believe it or not. Um, and we're going to have uh, Councilman Richard McGinnis on tomorrow to discuss his thoughts behind that um, proposal. And then, you know, if anything happens tonight, um, you know, what happened and, and why. I think that's important because we need to move forward in finding solutions for this and not just be stuck at a stalemate. 1,499.3 KLIN. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. All right, we're back here on Monday. I will be here all week. This is Commander Jack, host of Drive Time Lincoln. Uh, call lines are open. Rick's on recognition hotline four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. Recovering just a 
variety of catch-up topics today. Hey, did you know that KLIN is a proud partner of the 21st Lincoln Arts Festival on June 18th and 19th? More than 90 creatives from all over the United States will come together on Canopy Street and in the rail yard for a weekend of arts, culture, and community, and fun for the whole family. Uh, This is a complete can't-miss event. Plus, did we mention it's free? You can find out more info on the Lincoln Arts Festival by visiting lnkartsfest.com. Oh, boy, I've been waiting for this one. Johnny, welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You betcha. Um, So, yeah, gas prices. I don't think that they are that high for most people. I see a lot of people cruising up and down ocean. So, Johnny, in, in, in a less than two years ago, they were like $1.59. Okay. That's about a 400% increase, I think. Okay. Yeah, so who's to blame for that, really, is what you got to look at, right? Yeah, who is to blame, Johnny, in your opinion? We could try to blame Biden, but really, you know, we're going to have to sit there and we're going to have to blame their stock portfolio. We're going to have to blame Wall Street, because the people who are investing in this stuff are the ones who want to make profit off of that, and it's all about the shareholders. We have to make them happy, okay? Okay. So if you, what, I'm, what I'm getting at, really, I mean, if, if you believe that gas prices are too high, then you really need to sit down and talk to your employer. You need to pull out the calculator and you need to figure out how much gas, you know, how much it costs you to get to and from work. That's all yeah. you need to do. Well, Johnny, That's I got to ask you something need. first. We got to we got to talk some basics of facts before we start the argument. Do you think gas prices are high? For the, me personally, no. Well, you got to talk about the America historical norm, right? For 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 the for the uh, working class people, for working poor, yeah, I'd say gas prices are high. So you would but, say the American gas price for the average American citizen is is extremely high or just high right now? Just high, not extremely high. Okay, it's high. So, and you're blaming Wall Street for that? I'm blaming the oil companies, really. I mean, Wall Street and the oil companies. I mean, well, which oil companies? companies? Because the American oil companies, per the Biden administration, aren't able to do what they do, which is to get us economically viable, cheap oil. Right, right. They're trying to create this. We need to drill here in the United States because you know, fill in the blank. You know, they just they just want more oil. Well, do you not make a do you not make a connection between the fact two years ago, end of the Trump administration, we are energy independent, gas prices were low, and then we changed our policies, and gas prices are high because we have to get our oil from we've, other parts of the world, which that. We've always done that. We've invaded other countries for oil with false pretenses. Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, but okay, uh, fair, but. Destruction, yeah, we need your oil. Well, fair, we can go with all of that stuff. But in the end of the day, it's an economic certainty that if your oil has to be pumped somewhere else and the cost to bring it all the way halfway around the world, right, and then there's, you know, essentially less of it, right, you know, supply, demand, you know, the price is going to go up. How much is Rex Tillerson making? I mean, how much are these CEOs of these oil companies making? Well, you know, CEOs of all companies are generally more well off than you and I. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a problem. I think we need to, we need to sit down and look at that too. So how do you want, how do you want them or what is the, the way we get back to cheaper prices? You know, maybe down in the $2 range. Well, first off, CEOs definitely need to take a pay cut. I mean, they could. They could sit there and say, you know, nothing over 300% of what your average employee makes. Johnny, uh, are you self-employed or do you work for somebody? Oh, me? I can't say on the air. Everybody would find out who I am. Oh, well, I mean, would you be willing (laughs) to go to your CEO and tell him to take a pay cut as his employee? 
uh, I mean, if I could see what they were making, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what they make. Maybe they're being fair, and I just don't know. So you're working for a small business, you know. I mean, you don't. I mean, how would you know? I mean, working as compared to working for a large business, right? Well, I I would agree with you. I mean, I mean, it might be tough. My guess would be not always, but uh, some employers, you know, especially CEOs of major corporations, are making a lot of coin. Um, there might be others that, uh, you know are taking care of their people first and foremost. And, you know, I don't know that I can go there with you that the uh, gas and oil issues in the United States are, are directly true attributable wow. to uh, wall street and stock portfolios. Yeah. I think a lot of oil companies uh, pay for the radio time. So yeah, that's probably, are you, uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm guessing I'm asking, are you a Joe Biden supporter? Uh, you know what? I, I wasn't really a big fan, but yeah, yeah, I had to. So Joe Biden is saying it's Vladimir Putin's fault. Do you buy that from Joe Biden? He doesn't say it's Wall Street's fault. He says it's Vladimir Putin's fault. I don't know. I mean, maybe to a certain degree. I guess, you know, there's certain things that are classified that the average American citizen doesn't get a look at. Yeah, so that's... I, wonder, I wonder how many bad actors there are in the oil companies. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. There, there is a lot of classified information that certain people only get to see in our government, and you and I don't rate that anymore. I'm just saying, you know, they put they put profits over people, and I mean, it's just reality. You just got to sit down with your employer and tell them you need a raise. If they don't take you seriously, then you either look for another job or you don't take what they say seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, good conversation, Johnny. I appreciate the call. Thanks. That there was the best advice. I've heard in a long time from Johnny, meaning just personal advice when he was talking about employers and employee relationship. Hey, if you don't feel you're getting paid or treated like you're worth, absolutely go talk to your employer about that. Because guess what, folks? I mean, I think the average now is like seven jobs before people find kind of the thing. Um, so in my opinion, life is too short to... Um, you know, get, kind of get stuck in that rut. And so that piece of the call, I really appreciate it because I think, I think that's good advice, you know. Um, again, communication, it solves a lot of issues. Um, totally differ with Johnny on, on where the uh, inflation and slash uh, gas and oil prices, you know, the uh, root cause, if you will. Uh, but that's why we have this show, so that we can talk these things out and it's totally okay to agree to disagree. Oh, Johnny, I forgot. You know, we'll do that tomorrow. We'll talk about Live Golf, the Saudi Arabia golf-funded league and our very own PGA Tour because, you know, I'm a golf fanatic, so this fight playing out is just phenomenal for all people that are into golf and really all Americans because this thing is getting into narratives and and, it, you know, it rivals what I talked about before in media content wars. It, that's where we're headed, and it's it's fascinating to see, <laughs> without a doubt. Okay, hey, uh, that Paul, I guess a very good listener to KLIN, and appreciate his listen here on Drive Time Lincoln. And he, I, I know he's a big-time listener, LNK Today, Jacket Crew. Um, but he asked me... Um, if I, you know, maybe he just watched Top Gun Maverick or something. He just asked if I had a call sign when I was in the Navy. Um, I had many. Um, you get many over the times and as uh, units change over or you go to a new unit and they are, they are given to you. You don't pick them. Um, they generally aren't something that is 
uh, like this really cool thing. It's something you might have screwed up, and then everybody reminds you about it forever. Um, and so he asked, did I have one? The answer is yes, and if so, what was it? Well, I, I can recall three that are uh, radio-sanctioned <laughs> worthy. Um, I certainly had many that I can't repeat on air, and one of the things we all need to remember if you lead people is about 50% of your people uh, aren't going to like your decisions and about 50% are going to like your decisions. So you're never, you're never, at least in the United States military or SEAL team, um, always, you know, on this, uh, this wonderful, uh, <laughs> journey of winning every time, right? That's just leadership. You get used to it. Uh, my first one I can recall was, uh, Quijibo, and, uh, you're going to have to go reference Bart Simpson giving his father, that nickname and um and and it's reference so if you type in Koijibo, you can read what it is it's not the most uh at this point in american history <laughs> probably politically correct thing to say uh but it it essentially Koijibo means kind of stuck in time let's just go with that uh that was my first one that stuck the second one uh, was more of a sentence, and it, it basically meant uh, Neanderthal. And uh, and it had a little moniker that said, the unfrozen caveman warrior. Um, I, in my early years in SEAL Team, did not enjoy the integration. I was kind of the first generation to integrate mass technology leaps into SEAL Team. And as a young officer, we had to be the first ones to learn it, integrate it in, and so there was a lot of pushback uh, from the men and you know how it would be used to make not only the team but the operations better. And um and I was more on the side of hey this this old stuff has worked for so many years. Let's uh let's keep going with the proven. Now um so it took me a while to embrace change. I, I think all of you that have listened to the show probably can pick up on that, <laughs> you know, as I enjoy America as it was and as it is. Uh, and, you know, I believe in change slowly. So uh, kind of the unfrozen Neanderthal, caveman warrior, whatever you want to say. And then, unfortunately, I did command uh, through the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean uh, movie experience, if you will, in society and mass culture. And I certainly got the Captain Jack moniker at some point. Um, and part of that was, as I've said before, I, I had no problem uh, dipping into libations here and there over the years. And uh, some of those stories reminded my men of Captain Jack Sparrow. More importantly, it was the, um, you know, do, does he plan this out or does he make it all up? And uh, in the end, I'm a firm believer that if you don't know what you're doing, the enemy doesn't know what you're doing. So... Um, so those would be the three that are worthy of FCC uh, regulations on the air, Paul. And that's a good question. It's funny. They, they actually make me smile. I will tell you this story. Um, I had a subspecialty um, joint terminal attack controller. I think they still call it that, or JTAC. So I used to be able to call in airstrikes. And one of the pilots in my training class, because the pilots get certified as well, they can do this from the cockpit. Uh, one of the pilots in there, and we had F-14 guys, we had F-18 guys. So some of these guys, you know, that are in this, well, 
they're depicted in this new Top Gun movie. I mean, they were right there with us, and uh, <laughs> one of them I'll never forget. And they they really gave this guy a lot of grief. His call sign was Bounce. Um, so he had bounced an F-18 off the floor of the desert and survived to talk about it. As a matter of fact, he landed his aircraft. And so, you know, if we ever have any Navy pilots come in or Air Force pilots, we can talk about those call signs. Because I think those guys have the most epic call signs. And me personally, Bounce was one of the f- best, most fun. You knew immediately what it meant when, you know, when he, you saw that he was an F-18 driver, <laughs> that he had bounced an aircraft. Um, so there you go, Paul. That, Paul. Great question. Yes, we do have a special election coming up in two weeks. And it is very important to the Lincoln and Lancaster County area. Hopefully they'll come on. Um, I honestly, I haven't reached out yet. Um, I think both sides know this show, know if they want to come on and talk to you. Or maybe they've got other things going on. I do know that it's kind of been big news uh, about the difference in their uh, arming teacher and red flag law views uh, between uh, Mike Flood and, and Pansy and Brooks. Um, and that maybe is the only thing other than Republican Democrat. I mean, it's it's pretty clear there. And I would love for them to come on the show. So, you know, if you're working the campaign or you know them personally, um, be happy to host them. I think we have a good track record of being fair and just letting the candidates talk about their platform and happy to do that for this special election. I do know that we will have um, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party chairs come on back to talk about that before the special election. And I'm excited about that because it's local. Um, And having said that, one of the things when we talk uh, going back to, because I promised we'd talk about it, was, you know, Gary had brought up kind of his frustrations with the local Republican Party. And um, one of the things I would say to Gary in talking about this special election is, um, you know, for the very first time, the Lincoln-Lancaster County Republican Party um, recruited candidates for every open seat in the county. So there was a conservative candidate for and is for every open seat in the county. That's big news. You, you know, parties got to have candidates, right? Uh, in the last election, 54% of registered Republicans voted um, compared to uh, the Democrats. That was 34.5%. The county average was 336 So that shows a lot of voter engagement and a lot of uh, outreach that's getting conservatives energized to participate in democracy. Um as of uh the 20 you know between the year if you will 21 and 22 uh there's 1700 roughly more republicans that registered um the democrats lost about 1700 um there's currently uh 80,014 registered republicans and 69,500 democrats in the county per the county commissioner's office so my point is that the efforts over the last year when the local Republican Party, probably because a lot of the issues we talk about, probably because of the national sentiment going on that we talked about, you know, just today, people are getting engaged and they're very frustrated with federal, state and local government Um, and their neighborhood captain program, which is essentially get out the vote, 
is kicking butt and they're actively engaged in the special election. So I think that if you're a conservative or you're an independent with conservative values, it's well worth checking out the Lancaster County Republican Party. At the same time, I want the Democrats to go check out the Democratic Party because I want everybody voting. I want free and fair elections with everybody voting. That's what I want. 14993 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 14993 KLIN. Oh, we're back on Monday. I'll be here all this week. Uh, have to laugh. Uh, that Paul turned off the radio while I was going through the call signs, which he uh, was asking about, and talking special election. But, hey, you know what? This is the people's platform. I will stay and answer via text to that, Paul, but I just think that is funny. Johnny and I got a chuckle out of that. Sure hey, did. Yeah, we sure did. Hey, I'll tell you what. We will talk. Uh, Richard McGinnis, councilman, is coming in tomorrow. They're dealing with fairness ordinance today. He will talk about some thoughts from whatever happens today and the proposals he put forward for vote. I'm excited about that. Uh, We'll spend the rest of Tuesday and Wednesday talking safety and security in Lincoln, the mayor's budget, LPD manning and modernization. You know, all these different atmospherics and environmentals I'm getting, you know, motorcycle crashes, cops not being able to chase them down, shootings, another one. I mean, my God, let's go. It's not that hard. We need to modernize and man the police. Real quick, on that note, just an interesting thing on Twitter. There were 500-plus BLM riots. There was January 6th. Those riots lasted seven months. January 6th lasted a couple of hours. There were 20-plus murders by the participants. January 6th, zero murders. Hundreds of small businesses destroyed in the BLM riots. No small businesses destroyed in January 6th. 150-plus federal buildings damaged. One federal building damaged. One billion to two billions worth of damage. 1.5 million of damage. Thousands of officers, 2,000 officers assaulted versus 140 officers assaulted. None of it good, folks. I'm not condoning any of it. Protesters were bailed out during the BLM riots. Protesters were kept in solitary confinement during the January 6th. All right. Here's my point. We need to uphold the law and investigate and prosecute everything when it comes to breaking law and order. Everything. It's that simple. Without it, it's chaos. 1,499.3 KLI.